Hello and welcome to part 4 of Psychotic September and my look at the Psycho franchise with 1990s TV movie Psycho The Beginning. Four years after the disaster that was Psycho 3 comes this Psycho 3 being the lowest grossing sequel to date. As I said I, last week I've never saw this movie so this will be my almost live reaction to this movie. With that it's on with the show starring once again Anthony Perkins, Henry Thomas, Olivia Hussey and CCH Pounder. Directed by Mick Garris, Stephen King's favourite director. Which, by the way, this is Stephen King's favourite Psycho sequel. The plot. Set several years after events of Psycho 3, Norman Bates is once again set free. So while he is listening to a radio talk show, he phones in and tells his life story to a shocked radio DJ. With Bates saying he'll kill again, can the radio DJ talk DJ talk him out of it or is his victim for the blade? So the movie opens up and I'm thrilled they got this psycho theme back. Finally, after being quote homaged in the awful animator movie, reanimator movie that is, <clears throat> we finally have a psycho movie with the theme. God knows what the music was for Psycho 3 but it sounded more like Twin Peaks than Psycho. The movie shows snippets of Norman once again played for the final time by Anthony Perkins preparing a meal and preparing a cake. While we see nods to other psycho movies such as Blood Running Down the Drain and Norman sewing up a turkey carcass. It then shows radio talk show host Fran Ambrose played by CCH Pounder who was in everything in the 90s from this to Robocop 3 to Tales from the Crypt the movie as she interviews someone that killed his mother and almost served four years for manslaughter, or even murder, really, four years. Did you? Also, a talking head, Shrink, who claims to be the very Shrink Norman confessed to back in 1960. Oh yes, and spot John Landis as the show's producer. The Shrink, a Dr. Leo Richmond, played by Twin Peaks alum Warren Frost, quotes from the first movie about how matricide is the most unbearable crime ever, even more so to the son that has done it. Norman calls into the show, preferred to be called Ed, in a nod to Ed Gein, the inspiration for the book Psycho, saying the shrink is no good as he only prefers to listen to his own voice. Also, the guests have no, not given any reason why little boys kill their mothers, saying that he has killed and will kill again. We also get flashback to the 50s and Norman's first victim. We see the motel and the house in tip-top condition, unlike it looked in Psycho 3. We also meet young Norman, played by Henry Thomas, who was more famous for playing e Elliot in E.T. The girl farts outrageously with Norman while fireworks are going off, so I'm guessing this is a 4th of July weekend. I love how Norman is holding a book about taxidermy. So he sends her into his back room office. However, she sneaks up into the house, so Norman goes up straight... Uh, so Norman goes after her straight up to his mother's room as the girl sneaks around downstairs. Finally going up to scare Norman, however, she is caught by Norman and she is sent into his bedroom, where she flirts even more outrageously as she strips off, jumps into his bed, completely nude. Spooking Norman, or rather he is spooked by the fireworks, Norman leaves her and talks to, quote, mother, who tells him to kill her. After a quick debate with, quote, mother, Norman removes a wig from the carcass Sorry, the body <coughs> takes a dress from the wardrobe and dresses as mother in the closet. 
Seconds later, in sneaks the girl and she sees mother's dead, dried up body just as Norman comes out of the closet. Uh, no jokes, thank you. And stabs her to death with blood splattering everywhere as the psycho strings play. The fireworks are masking her screams and blood is gushed everywhere. Back in the present day. Oh, by the way, the psycho strings were drowned out by the fireworks. Now, you can either have the psycho strings or the fireworks sounds. You can have both because the fireworks sounds are going to clearly drown out the psycho strings. But I guess McGarris didn't give a rat's arse about that and just shoved this in any old way because the music in this is bloody terrible. They have the psycho theme and the psycho strings, but they don't know how to use them right. And it's really fucking annoying. Anyway, moving on. Back in the present day, the radio host is stunned at Norman slash Ed's confession and asks if this is the first time he talked to his mother's dead body. With that, the shrink also butts in, so Norman hangs up, then slices his thumb with a knife and washes it under the tap. While watching the blood circle the drain, he stares into mid-space. And this scene goes absolutely nowhere, folks. It's just a complete waste of a scene. I'm guessing it's supposed to be a nod to Janet Lee's blood circling the drain, but it's pretty weak. <clears throat> Just then, his wife calls, yes folks, the man who has severe mother issues and has killed dozens of people has married. Connie Bates, played by Donna Mitchell, calls to check up on him and we find out two things. That it's his birthday and she is pregnant with his child. Norman hangs up, then puts the radio back on and calls back in, much to the delight of the radio host. We then see a flashback to when Norman was a young boy at his father's funeral, where we find out he was stung to death by bees. But wait, didn't it say in Cycle 3 Mrs. Spool killed Norman's father and then kidnapped him for months? Anyway, we then see Norma Bates, played by Olivia Hussey, who apparently didn't have to audition for this part as both McGarris and Perkins are walking to her on the spot. So she tickles Norman and then slaps him across the face for laughing. Oh, by the way, young Norman is played by Ryan Finnegan. After a quick interruption by a nosy neighbour, Mrs. Lane, played by Doreen Chalmers, who sounds suspiciously like Mrs. Bates, the movie moves on and I thought she was fun for the blade because she looks like mother and even sounds like mother, but nope, she's just dropped for a ridiculous red herring. We also see a we then see, sorry, a rose tinted view of Mrs. Bates as Norman remembers one time at a picnic as the rain falls and the two of them are spinning around and around. In yet another flashback to when Norman was 15, we see Mrs. Bates scared in her bed, even though in part 2 it said he killed her when he was 12, so what the hell is she still doing alive at 15, let alone 17, as she's killed much later. Norman runs up to the house to comfort her, as she's afraid of thunder and lightning, so she makes him strip down to his underwear, and that is just wrong right there. Unfortunately, Norman becomes excited, and that's even fucking worse, folks. Running off into his bedroom with her following him, she snoops into his things and finds a female underwear catalogue, so sends him down to the bin in the pouring rain in his tidy whitey underwear, all the while braiding him, calling him a disgusting filthy pig, and how she wants to cut that thing off because all it's good for is pee-pee. Moving on. Um, a second later, she appears with a yellow mac. So crazy, must run in her blood then. 
With that, the shrink butts in and rightly so points out the incest angle. However, Norman shoots that idea down and then talks about how madness is genetic. Another flashback to when Norman spies on his mother in cabin one as she snaps and trashes the place. In yet another fucking flashback, this movie has well too many goddamn fucking flashbacks to the summer before Norman killed his mother and her boyfriend she hates the heat so she gets him to blot orange flower water on her while she is wearing only silk lingerie and he is wearing just pyjama bottoms with his fingers an uncomfortable springs to mind so Norman blots the, the water over her and she takes great pleasure in it again this is all sort of wrong she makes him spill the bottle so she tickles him in punishment while rolling around the floor. Norman gets excited once again with Mrs. Bates freaking out. And this is just disastrously wrong in every fucking level. So with that, she berates him, makes him wear one of her dresses and plies makeup all over his face. And then locks him in a closet dressed as a girl and berating him calling her a girl. So this is why Norman Bates likes dressing his mother because she forced him to address one time and berates him for being a little girl okay then moving on so back at present day norman is lying on the floor freaked out at that painful flashback so he goes off to splash water hanging up the phone during the ad break the shrink comes to the realization that he is actually talking to norman bates so it gets fran to talk him out of killing the person he was going to kill as the producer tells him to keep him on the line, as this is ratings and gold. The shrink tries to press Norman's buttons, so much so he hangs up yet again. Luckily for Fran, sorry, he threatens to hang up yet again, rather, sorry. Luckily, Fran gets him to tell her when and why he killed his mother. So, in yet another flashback, we see Mrs. Bates abusing Norman yet again as she learns the freeway is getting moved, implying the motel was there long before the boyfriend shows up. Yet, in cycle 3 and in cycle 1, it is stated the boyfriend made Mrs. Bates build the motel. Anyway, moving on. Mrs. Bates rants at Norman about how she should have killed him in the womb with a coat hanger, and how he is completely and utterly useless. He has no compassion for her and her wild whims. So back in present day, chain-smoking Fran, and that's how you can tell this is 90s folk, because she smokes like a bloody chimney. Throws out the shrink after he butts in one time too many, much to the annoyance of the shrink as he storms out, saying she is an amateur and Norman needs professional help. Her claiming like, no, 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 he, he only needs her to listen to him. Yeah, egotistical much love. We then find out more about Norman's wife that she was a psychiatric nurse at the institute where he was in and she fell in love with him at first sight but it took him a few years to do so. So how long was he in the institute for? Was it several years or just the four years as the movie claims? Moving on. Fran asked what the final straw was and how he killed his mother. So in yet another flashback we see Mrs Bates' boyfriend Chet Rudolph played by Tom Scheister as Norman spies on him making love in cabin one. The next morning, Norman gets jealous at Chet, so runs off to school. So much later, we see Chet trying to teach Norman how to box, 
and then berates him, calling him a little girl, and then knocks him to the ground with the final nail in the coffin, saying, are you a little girl or are you indeed a man, as your mother says you are quite hung. And that there is the final coffin nail for this movie. It is getting a really low grade for that. This incest angle is fucking no, just no. Anyway, moving on. In present day, we see this has affected Norman so much so he tears an apple in two with his bare hands. Which was Parkinson's idea as in the script it was supposed to be a knife but he thought that was too corny. So he showed his strength by ripping the apple in two. Proving just how unstable Norman truly is. Yet he gets released from mental institute after only four years inside. Okay then. Yet he got 20 years for killing Marion Crane. 22 years even for Marion Crane. But he goes out for four years for killing several people. This movie's a fucking joke, folks. So Fran tries to get him to see reason that his happy new life isn't something he wanted to just throw away. That him phoning in was indeed his call for help. However, Norman tells her how he killed his second victim. Because frankly, this movie needed more killings. I don't had one killing in it. And this is not a bloody psycho movie. This is a boring ass chitty chat crap movie. His second victim being a much older woman... Some would say a replacement mother figure. So after kissing this woman for 10 minutes, Norman runs off to give quote mother her 2am meds. While reapplying her makeup, she overhears Norman screaming at mother about her not being a whore. So Norman gets in the back of the car, dressed as mother, and chokes her with a rope, getting her to drive through the swamp, where he quickly kills her and places it in the back of the trunk of, the, of her car before pushing it into the swamp. But she comes to and slowly drowns as the car sinks into the swamp. As the clock ticks on to 10, which I'm guessing is the end of the talk show, Fran tries to get him to tell her why he feels like killing again and whom. So we get yet another flashback to when Norman steals Mrs. Bates' body from the funeral parlour and then stuffing her on the kitchen floor and then filling the coffin with books. Fran gets him to tell her who he plans on killing, and it's his wife because she is pregnant, and he fears the madness will be passed on to him or her. Even though it was clearly his mother that made him go nuts, it was nurture, not nature. With time running out, Fran tries desperately to get Norman to see sense, that maybe his wife can get rid of the baby, even though earlier in the movie, we heard that the next day's phone-in show was going to be about the right to live, and how pro-choice was wrong. So make up your mind, love. Are you pro-abortion or anti-abortion? Ever, Roman says his wife is keeping it and hangs up yet again. So that's now several times he's hung up on her, but he keeps on calling back and Fran is desperately trying not to get him to hang up. Yet Norman's empty threats are just that. They're empty. She, he keeps on hanging up on her, but she keeps on getting to call back. What the fuck is this movie doing? Moving on. We then have another flashback to when and how Norman killed his mother and her arsehole boyfriend. While making love, Norman prepares a drink while lacing it with strychnine, which he just dumps into the drink and tries to mask it by using a vanilla essence. Which, I'm sorry, but wouldn't you be able to smell that or at least taste it? As strychnine supposed to have a very bitter aftertaste. But no, he just laces it with vanilla. Moving on. 
So the boyfriend downs his glass and goes into the toilet to pee while Mrs. Bates is dancing around pressing the cold glass on her head and spilling it on her body as Norman watches on with nervous delight. Just then, the boyfriend crashes out of the toilet, doubled over in pain, foaming at the mouth as Norman watches with glee in his eyes. As his mother feels the effects too, even though she didn't actually drink the fucking stuff, she just spilled over her body and danced around with the glass, but moving on. Suddenly she lunged at him, screaming how he's dead, and then the boyfriend lunged at him, and they both struggle at the top of the stairs, with the boyfriend falling down the stairs. Mrs. Bates then attacks from the top of the stairs, so backing off, Robin walks backwards down the stairs, catching his mother in his hands at the foot of the stairs, as she vomits into his hands, dying as her boyfriend dies next to her. So Norman drags mother's body down to the fruit cellar. She comes too, so he places her in a rocking chair and watches her die in agony as he munches on candy corn. I think it was he was eating. So just then, the boyfriend comes too and chokes Norman, but dies before he can get a good grip around Norman's neck. So in present day, time has run out and Norman slams the phone down one final time before saying... Time is up for the Fran Ambrose show, making you think Fran Ambrose was going to be murdered, but nope, that's not a red herring, folks. So Norman calls his wife, telling her to meet him at the Bates Motel, which she agrees to and drives to. In yet another rainstorm, that's four movies, four rainstorms. One little thing here, why does she agree to go back to the motel? Also, why doesn't her co-worker not warn her about Norman's erratic behaviour? After all, she was sitting there listening to the fucking radio show. Dear, oh dear. Arriving at the motel, Norman drags his wife up to the house where she admits to tricking him into having a child. He drags her into his mother's room and then goes into the closet and pulls out a super shiny knife from the floorboards, which I'm guessing has been there for years. He then menaces her with it, so she runs off making Norman hunt her down. While she tries to run out of the front door, it slams shut, so she has to hide in a fruit cellar where she is caught by Norman trying to escape the cellar doors. Somehow he managed to teleport from upstairs to downstairs just like that. Luckily for her, the knife is so super shiny, he sees his own reflection and stops. So she tries to get him to talk to him and why he wants to kill her, trying desperately to plead for her life. So he stops, sending his wife to the car. Norman gets into back into the house and sets the house ablaze by pouring paraffin or petrol everywhere. However, haunted by his personal demons, he doesn't make it out, seeing only the victims of his younger past, not Marion Crane or Mary Loomis. He falls over the banister backwards and has to crawl into the fruit cellar to try to escape the flames. While down there, he sees there is no mother dummy in a rocking chair which attacks him somehow, fighting it off, it then bursts into flames and then just vanishes into fresh air. Finally making it to the cellar stairs, he gets out into Connie's arms. Next morning, we see the shell of the house as Connie and Norman walk off hand in hand. However, the camera shows the chair rocking by itself. As the cycle theme plays, the cellar doors slam shut and we hear Mother's voice shouting to get out and then a baby crying as credits roll. So that was Cycle 4, yet another movie that shows Norman as a sympathetic person as it shows his mother made him do it all along. However, the incest angle is way too much, and even though they had the music, 
they failed to use it correctly. There was only two killing scenes, and it was one was too gory and one was too bloody boring. However, this is the best of the sequels. I'm going to give this, oh, I don't know, 5 out of 10. I'm going to give it 6, but that incest angle is too much. So come back next week for my look at the Psycho remake. Then October is our October with my look at Alice Cooper and other rock icon movies. November is Nostalgia Member where I look at V for Vendetta and A Nightmare for Christmas as well as others. December is Festive Fights where I look at Die Hard, Batman Returns and Lethal Weapon. So don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and a bye.